Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti. Giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station. As we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome on in to the latest episode of the Off Air Podcast. Chris Thomas joined by the head honcho himself, Mike Conti. Holiday week is upon us, but that does not mean the sports world stops. In fact, two, not one, but two humongous stories that we're going to have to cover on this episode of the podcast. And uh, let's dive right in because Mike... The change was made. He made his start, and now we react. Desmond <laughs> Ritter is officially Falcons QB1 after yesterday. A mixed bag of a performance, some things to like, some things we didn't like, but that's not what we're here to talk about. You can go on Peachtree Football or listen to 92.9 The Game. They'll break it down for you better than anyone else can. What we're here to talk about is how we handle it. As a radio station, as a program director, as a brand manager, as a producer, and as a host, how do we handle a day like today? Because we want to accentuate the positives, Mike. We also want to be realistic, and we also want to protect the image of the radio station, our partnerships, and make sure that we're not overly viewing and skewing things one way or the other. Yeah, I, I mean, let me address that last part first. Just because we're in a content partnership with the Falcons and we are the um, radio flagship of their play-by-play broadcast does not have any effect on what our hosts or our callers are going to be saying about Desmond Ritter today. I want to make that like really super clear. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we run Falcons games doesn't mean the Falcons have control over what we say. Uh, and... I, I think the Falcons would be adamant about that. Uh, the Falcons like the fact that people are passionate about their team and that people have strong opinions about their team. And they like the fact that there are venues uh, uh, where their fans can express those opinions. So, um, you know, the, the Falcons in no way dictate to us what we can and cannot say about Desmond Ritter. Quite frankly, I thought it was very uh, tepid performance by Desmond Ritter I I was not that impressed uh I think looked most- a lot like Mariota <laughs> well you know it's amazing you know we, we've been trying to tell people on this radio or at least some of our hosts have been trying to tell people for weeks that if Ritter were clearly better than Mariota he would have been starting sooner I think now we have a little bit of proof to that effect but 
Uh, anyhow, I mean, Chris, this all goes back to our core mission and philosophy, which is to be uh, a medium from which Falcons fans can express their opinions and be informed about their favorite team. And we'll have hosts today who will express their opinions about what they saw yesterday and hopefully inform and entertain our listeners a little bit on uh, what it all means for the team and and what it all means for Ritter and what it all means going forward. And we also want to give our listeners a venue to express their opinions. And I think it's one of the good things about, you know, if there is a positive to being a five and nine team on December 19th, you do have a quarterback change now that refreshes the news cycle and kind of refreshes the discussion a little bit. I mean, the Falcons have been uh, a losing football team basically over the last two months, but now you've got something fresh that we can talk about, uh, which is a good thing. We, do, we don't have to just keep hammering home the, it's not good enough, it's not good enough, changes need to be made. Now a change has been made and we can analyze that. So I, I think, again, the winner um, in, in, in that new cycle is our listener because now we can change the content a little bit. Um, but I, I, I just, again, to be super clear, like we do not take ma- ma- marching orders from the Falcons on what we can and cannot say about Desmond Ritter or Arthur Smith or the team or anything like that. Um, because the Falcons think it's really, really important that their fans have, um, an avenue uh, where they can constructively express their opinions. Yeah, that's super important, obviously, for everything you just said. And also, who, you know, if you're a listener, you want the most accurate and you want the most honest information out there. You don't want to feel like you're tuning into uh, a product that isn't giving you that or that you feel, right. you know, our listeners are smart. You know, they, they know when they feel like they're being duped or when they feel like they're trying to have the wool pulled over their eyes. They want to turn on the radio at five o'clock this morning and hear John and Hugh give their most honest opinions about the team. And they did. Uh, I was, I listened on the uh, Odyssey app, uh, free plug for our app there, because I did, as soon as I woke up this morning, my first thought was, Mike, I wonder what John and Hugh said this morning when they turned on the microphones and we're talking about this. So it does provide a level of intrigue. And I think the next most important point is when you hit on also is that um, we don't just ride out the season now. There's something interesting that's going to be talked about week in and week out. And that is now the growth and development of Desmond Ritter. And is he going to be somebody that the team tries to build around for next season? And that'll be a talking point in a narrative from now until the draft and beyond. Absolutely. And, and really, um, before history is written, it's played before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What this radio station is going to sound like in February and March and the first half of April, I think in large part is going to be determined by what happens over the next three weeks, Chris. Um, If Desmond Ritter has three more kind of lukewarm 
performances. I think the discussions that we're going to have on this radio station between MLK Day and Easter are going to center a lot about uh, center a lot around where do the Falcons take a quarterback in this year's draft? Do they take a quarterback with with their number one selection? Do they wait? Did Ritter show you enough where you don't have to take a quarterback? Did Ritter show you enough where you feel like you can roll the dice in free agency? I mean, I, I think a lot of that conversation is going to be framed by what Ritter does over the next couple of weeks. Um, the other thing, too, is, look, being totally realistic about having a 5-9 and nine football team, this is a team that could still go to the playoffs yeah. because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't get their stuff together. Um, and now suddenly you're, you know, I'm looking at another programming challenge, which is what happens if on January 8th, the Falcons and the Buccaneers are playing for the division and that game gets flexed to a night game. We've got a Hawks game that night. What do mm. we do with that? Uh, so the, you know, as I sit in my office this morning, these are things that I now have to think about, uh, because there is still an active divisional race. I have to now plan ahead for, are the Falcons going to be playing in a different window and how do I adjust the station schedules accordingly? That's still in play too. And I think, you know, that's, that's kind of inside baseball, but I think what you hear over your speakers I'm not going to condemn a host for trying to contextualize that, you know, look, the Falcons have three meaningful football games from a playoff standpoint still to come. And it's not intellectually dishonest for our host to say that the Falcons still have a chance to make the playoffs because they do. They went out. They're going to be in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to win out. But if they do, they're going to be in the playoffs. And hey, they, they could go from fourth place to tied for first in two weeks. Listen, Baltimore looked terrible in Cleveland on Saturday. Arizona, Kyler Murray's out for the year. I wouldn't rule out if the Falcons get to seven and nine and they're playing for something on week 18. I wouldn't rule that out. Um, so it, it's interesting because – you, as the radio station that broadcasts Falcons games, you want them playing meaningful football in December. Mm-hmm. They're technically playing meaningful football in December. <laughs> yes, but it they are. It doesn't really feel like it, does it? No, it do- it doesn't. And uh, I think the rest of the league and the rest of the NFL and its fans realize that the NFC South is a paper tiger. Um, they're not you know, the winner of that division is going to be viewed unanimously. If not, uh, even if there was such a thing more than unanimously is the weakest division winner by a landslide. But, you know, I, I turned you, you, you keep the post game on yesterday. What's well, the first three words out of Howie Long's mouth? Well, somebody needs to win the division. It's like, yeah, well, right. that's the, that's the narrative going around, but you know what, you know, what the thing is, and this is something I've said on the air in, in five years from now, if the Falcons somehow made the playoffs this year and ended the drought, that's what you're going to remember. That's going to yeah. be point one. Point one A maybe, or point two will be, well, remember how bad the division was. But point one is always going to be, hey, we broke our playoff drought. And that that's the most important thing. And that's what we shoot for in representing the coverage and that's what we shoot for in terms of the actual watching of the game and diagnosing what goes on on the field as well. 
All right, Mike, before we get into our second topic here, the second segment is always where we talk about entertainment or life or something. And we do have another local story to cover, but I have a beef. Uh And it is this, this stupid thing that's on my hand. I thought that was a tattoo for a second. No, Uh, you know what? It might as well be. (laughs) <laughs> because I went to, because I went to a concert on Saturday night. That's why my voice is a little hoarse, which was awesome, by the way. It was a Lincoln Park tribute band. Okay. Got to give them a little pop. They were my favorite band before uh, Chester Bennington, the lead singer, unfortunately took his life about five years ago. Um, and they were um, they were awesome. They're from California. This is their first sort of U.S. go around, the major one. They played at the Masquerade, and it was a great show. But Mike, it's 2022. They scanned my ticket to get in off my phone. No problem. Why do they have to put this Sharpie-like stamp on my hand that I have scrubbed for two straight days now and cannot get off and will make people think that I don't bathe because I can't get this (laughs) stupid thing off my hand? My gripe is grinding my gears that it is 2022 and we don't have a better way to get people in and out of sporting events and concerts than a stupid hand stamp. It does feel that way, but let me ask you this. Uh, you said it was at Masquerade. Was it an all-ages show? Yeah, I think it was. Okay. Uh, so perhaps this was a way to separate the 21 and over crowd from the under 21 crowd. Yes, I believe it was, as a matter of fact. But even so still... But hold on, though. Like in in the venue's defense, and look, I don't disagree with you. I hate hand stamps. I hate wristbands. Wristbands drive me nuts. It, like, I, you know, honestly, it's funny. We were talking about the Falcons and how they can't really dictate what we do from a content standpoint. I never ever hear complaints from the Falcons about anything uh, that we do from a content standpoint, unless we say something that's factually incorrect or is a personal attack. So. I'm going to choose my words a little bit carefully here, but one thing that drives me absolutely nuts about Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we have credentials. We wear credentials that say who we are and where we're allowed to go, and they're on our person at all times. Why then do I also have to wear a wristband when I enter the stadium? Like, I don't understand that. Like, credentials right here. Why do you then also need me to wear a wristband? And you might think, okay, well, you're complaining. That's a first-world problem. It's not a first-world problem if you're appearing on camera. You know, I noticed this over the weekend. I was kind of putting together my my demo reel of 2022 and all the things I've done, and I'm doing a stand-up for Bally Sports in an Atlanta United game, and I have this goofy orange wristband on my (laughs) Meaningless because they already know who I am because I'm wearing a credential. So goes to your point about the handstand, but – uh, in the venue's defense on this one, the last thing you want is for the line at the beer stand or the line at the bar to be slowed down because the bartenders are carting people. True. If the, if the hand stamp expedites the beer line, then I'm all for it. All right. You know what? I a little there was good service. Shout out to the to the staff and the crew at the masquerade. They were very efficient and i didn't miss any songs because i was waiting online for a beer so i guess 48 hours and and it's not really even faded like it's still legit no it might might as well be a tattoo your point and i and i've scrubbed it with hot water to the point where the skin around it is now red and white 
and it is flaking and it is oh, inflamed. Don't, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So I tried my damnedest. So I'm just gonna have to walk around with this. But you know what? The concert was great and it was worth it. Yeah. Let it. Um, but let it be. Let it be now. I mean, just use it as a memory of the good concert and. Don't irritate your skin or give yourself a rash or something. Exactly. All right. So, Mike, we lost another Atlanta uh, mainstay this weekend in Dansby Swanson. He is now, curiously, I will add, a Chicago Cub. Uh, I know this isn't what we do on this podcast, but that contract seemed perfectly reasonable for somebody of his play and his stature. It was not in the stratosphere of a Carlos Correa or Trey Turner. Um, so I don't really get it, but besides the point, um, how do, how do we as a radio station and as a sports community in Atlanta handle this time in which there's so much change, new quarterback for the football team. Again, Freddie Freeman gone, Dansby Swanson gone. The potential is there for Joseph Martinez, not to return for Atlanta United. There's, there's sort of a, um, I, don't, I want to use the right word here too. There's there's sort of a collective search from a Hawks perspective. Trey is the face of the franchise, but from a leadership standpoint, I feel like the guy who's going to be the voice of the team is still being uh, searched for. So how, how do we handle this as a radio station and as a city with so much change with the stars of our city for our sports teams? One of the first things we have to deal with as a radio station, and it's something that we probably – don't even think of too hard is uh, making sure that our imaging is up to date. You know, if, if we had any Braves promos with Dansby Swanson in them, we had to kill them today. Now I don't right. think we did, but if we did, we'd have to kill them. Um, same thing with Trey young. I mean, if Trey young were to be traded in the middle of the season with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Poor Steve Wilson, our production director, became yeah. our imaging. Yeah. Uh, when when Matt Ryan was traded, we had to immediately change all of our Falcons image. And for those of you who don't know what imaging is, they're the little um, you know sound clips that introduce a segment or uh, transition from uh, show content into a commercial break, or in some cases, the on-air promos you hear, or what we call the legal ID, which is. Um, a 10-second clip of sound that we play at the top of every hour to identify our call letters and our city of license. So, you know, in a lot of those cases, we have Trey Young highlights or Trey Young um, sound bites or, in Matt Ryan's case, a ton of Matt Ryan highlights. Uh, when Julio Jones was traded, same thing. Julio. So that that's one of the very first things we have to deal with as a radio station is making sure our imaging is up to date. Uh, you don't want to turn on the radio station two weeks from now and hear your home of Dansby Swanson because we're not. We never really were, uh, but now we really aren't. Right. Uh, you know, with Dansby in particular, though, there's a secondary component to it because we as a radio station did have a relationship with Dansby. Carl mm -hmm. Dukes had a really, really good relationship with Dansby. We had him on for a full hour on Dukes and Bell, and I thought he was phenomenal. I, In fact, I told him afterwards I would love for him 
to come into this radio station every week during the off season and just sit with us for an hour and talk about sports, not talk about baseball or the Braves or Dansby Swanson, the, Bra- the baseball player. I would have loved to have it, had Dansby Swanson on our radio station today talking about the World Cup final. Dansby's a huge soccer fan. He's married to one of the best uh, female soccer players in the world right now. And um, his perspective on soccer is really, really interesting. I think it could have entertained our listeners. But we can't necessarily do that anymore because – Dansby is going to be making this transition to Chicago. So those are the ways that it it kind of directly impacts the radio station. I think then in a broader sense, the way that we talk about this on the air, you're right, Chris. I mean, one of our jobs as a radio station is kind of to develop story arcs, right? And, And this is a story arc that impacts the Braves. You mentioned with Joseph, it could impact Atlanta United, could eventually impact the Hawks, seems to impact the, the Falcons every year. It is this this transition of a recognizable and and with Dansby in particular, I think his local roots makes it even a little a little deeper. Like here's another Atlanta athlete who's going elsewhere to prosper. How do we feel about that? How do our listeners feel about that? And that's how we're going to be talking about it over the next couple of days. How do we feel? There's almost a sense of loss to it. How are we going to process that sense of loss? Um, and in this particular instance, did Alex Anthopoulos make a defensible decision? That's going to be a big part of the the um, the dialogue about this as well. But at a certain point, you got to let it go. You know, I, I, if we're still talking about Dansby Swanson a week or two from now, I'm going to be disappointed because other storylines are going to emerge with the Braves. Other storylines are going to emerge with the other teams that we cover on a daily basis. So. You have to, again, give our listeners an opportunity to reflect on it, react to it, be informed about it, but then we've got to keep it moving. There's no sense, in my opinion, you know, there's no need to dwell on the departure of someone like Dansby Swanson for longer than a week or two. Yeah, unless he comes out in his introductory press conference and says, I never liked Atlanta anyway, yeah. and I just wanted to go somewhere else. And we'll talk about that for a day or two, and we'll move on. <laughs> exactly. And with that, we are moving on to something really cool that happened this weekend. And particularly, I'm interested, as someone who loves play-by-play and does play-by-play, to get your reaction to this. Now, we had a lot of great choices for the Hall of Fame audio clip of the week um, for this for this show in particular because the World Cup final was amazing. And if you didn't hear Andres Cantor's call, look it up. He was uh, crying as an Argentine native uh, with the final call and just the emotion and the joy coming from him was amazing. You had the end of the Patriots and Raiders game where there was a fumble and then a, and then a, a sweep tossed back on a Hail Mary run that was intercepted and ran back for a touchdown by the Raiders to win the game. It was There was a lot of good choices this week. But I went with this one because it uh, has an Atlanta tie as to who was the loser on the losing end of this one. And that, of course, is Matt Ryan. And the Vikings complete the biggest comeback in NFL history. This is how it sounded, courtesy of the Vikings radio network. Snap spot. Joseph, right-footed kick. Ah! Ah! 
<laughs> my maybe my favorite part. Paul Allen does a great job. He's the longtime voice of the Vikings. Um, is the color man just every yeah. every five or ten seconds? Yeah, let's so, go. Was that the color guy, or was that someone else in the booth? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I didn't. I, I I almost wondered if that was like a producer or someone else in the booth. Um, because usually. And Paul Allen's a good example of this. Like, there are some booths in the league, like Cincinnati, the, the color guy just tramples all over the place. <laughs> the guy with with cheering and yelling and all of that. Minnesota, they don't usually have that. Usually, their their analyst is pretty good about laying out, let Paul kind of finish, and then jumping in. So I, I'm almost wondering if that was like a a producer, an engineer, or someone kind of in the background. It'd be like Bo Morgan doing that exactly. on the Falcons call. That, that's exactly what it would be. <laughs> uh, that's that's exactly right. Um, here's what I love about Paul Allen. Paul Allen is not – he reminds me of Larry Munson. He's not afraid to speak very honestly about the team that – I, mean, I assume the Vikings are paying for him. I don't know if, if he's a radio station employee and – and therefore, he has editorial independence. But even when when you you kind of have editorial independence, you really don't. Teams can get broadcasters replaced very, very quickly because there's a long line of people behind Paul who want that job. Paul does an amazing job of honestly conveying what is happening on the field and how he feels about it. And when he doesn't feel good about it, he's going to let you know. So I, I, I love love the fact that Paul Allen is not afraid to express his opinion positively and negatively about the Minnesota Vikings. And you heard his raw reaction to, to what happened on, on Saturday. Um, poor Matt Ryan. Oh my God. <laughs> like, he's got to be thinking, why does this keep happening to me? I, and, and what's crazy is that the, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The AFC South is a lot like the NFC South, where if the Colts had held on to win that game, they would have had an interesting three weeks coming up. Yep. Now, you know, maybe not so much. And, and uh, the Jaguars, though, don't look now. Trevor Lawrence yep. is playing like a number one yep. overall pick. Yep. We can't say that about any of the other quarterbacks in, in our division. No, no, that, that's for sure. And I think, again, like kind of, Tying it back to how we started the show, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the example that I think a lot of our hosts are going to point to when we talk about what the Falcons are going to have to do at the quarterback position. You know, that's proof that if you get the right guy, you can be competitive in less than two years. If you get the wrong guy, as the Jaguars had done with uh, heck, Blake Bortles, um, who was before him, Chase Daniel, I want to say, Chase Daniel out of like, Missouri, yep. Yeah, like the the Jaguars were in this death spiral of average quarterback after average quarterback. And, you know, when they were finally able to get it right with Trevor Lawrence, look at how quickly uh, it's taken for them to be competitive again. And, and I think that's how we're going to be framing this Desmond Ritter conversation in the offseason. 
Um, and, and maybe part of the conversation needs to be that Desmond deserves a little bit of patience. Yeah. Um, so as a play by play person, you got, were you on, you were on the call for Atlanta United's championship, correct? I was, yes. So how, how do you take me in the anatomy of a, of a broadcaster when a moment is that big, like the one Paul called or calling a championship, how do you process that in real time as you go to make the call? You're not really thinking about it because at least for me, you know, once it starts, it's just like any other game. You're going to describe it the same way as any other. You don't do anything differently because it's a championship game or a big game or anything like that. Uh, you might be a little more nervous than usual going into it. Um, the one thing I do remember about MLS Cup was I did want to have a general plan for what to do if Atlanta United won. Like I, I remember West Durham told me, don't rehearse it, let it be natural, uh, which I thought was really, really good advice. Uh, but I did want to have a general concept of how I was going to handle it. Uh, just so I didn't say something really dumb or really stupid, because I knew there was a good chance that was, you know, if it happened where they won, that call was probably going to be replayed quite a bit. Uh, other than that, though, you you have to treat it like any other broadcast. And I would hope, I, I approach my broadcast this way, I would hope other play-by-play announcers would as well. Um, you should treat every game you call like it's the championship. Hmm. You should put the same level of work and preparation into every single broadcast you do because ultimately our job is to serve the listener and make sure that the listener gets all the information that he or she needs to contextualize what's happening on the field. Yeah, yeah. and I, th- I think I think for the most part, especially here in Atlanta, we're pretty lucky. We have a lot of really good broadcasters. I think now, especially seeing it firsthand as I'm – you know, growing in, in the business started off when I was really young and I'm approaching 10 years into it, which is crazy to believe. And I'm sure for you, as you go on and you learn more, like it's so tough to get one of those positions that even when you're older and seasoned, um, you don't take it for granted. Like a lot of other people and a lot of other jobs and industries, you know, well, I've been doing this for 25 years. I can roll out of bed and do this in my underwear. I think because the industry we work in is so unique and so special and, you know, it doesn't feel like you work for a living that a lot of people, even even as they get to a point in their career where they're established or maybe even a Hall of Famer, like guys like Doc Emmerich were on top of their A game to the end, Bob Costas, you know, you hear guys like that call games and they sound like they did in 1990. And that's because they truly appreciate the position they're in because it's so special and there's so few of them. No, totally agree. Uh, And there's probably one or two, you know, I don't want to call them national broadcasters. I think they were more regional. Like one in particular I can think of um, was the broadcaster for a a college team uh, who had done it for so long. You could tell he had kind of really stopped doing all the work and you can tell, you can tell when you have that happen to you mentioned Doc Emmerich. I think the one thing that made him great was just his level of preparation that, which was so consistent night after night. So um, that, that's the thing, but, but again, the thing I love about Paul 
is his his passion. I think it's not fake. I think it's very, very authentic. Uh, and again, I love the fact that he calls it like he sees it a lot, especially of younger play-by-play announcers are very much afraid to call it like they see it because they're afraid of, you know, what the consequences of that might be. Paul has gotten to the point where he's such a institution that I think he doesn't have to worry about the consequences anymore. Yeah. Let's wrap up here. An example of that is, uh, I grew up. Uh, in New York City, and Michael Kay is the play-by-play voice of the Yankees. He's mm-hmm. also the afternoon drive host on ESPN New York in New York City. So he, <laughs> the thing that gets under his skin, and the only thing that really, he's not a yeller like a Mike Francesa or Chris Russo was, but the thing that gets under his skin is when callers call into the radio station and call him something along the lines of like a Yankee boy or a Yankee shill because he does the announcing for the team. And he says, the Yankees have never once in my career told me what not to say. I do the broadcast and then I come on my radio show and I speak freely. So I think you yep. you, you hit the nail. No, and listen, head. I mean, from my perspective, again, Atlanta United has never told me what to say ever and has never uh i I say it like they're a person but like the people who are in charge they have never confronted me about anything i have said um the atlanta hawks have never told me what to say ever there have been instances where they have confronted me on things i have said but uh they have never told me what to say Back when I was doing Falcons games, same thing. They have never told me what to say. And quite frankly, a guy like Michael Kay would probably expose them if they did. Yeah. You built up enough clout. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Off Air Podcast. We thank Mike Conti, as always, for joining me. I am Chris Thomas. Follow Mike at MikeConti929. I am at C Thomas Radio. Next time we speak, Christmas will be almost upon us hanukkah is going on right now a festive episode of the off-air podcast to come your way mike we'll talk to you in a couple